Hello, and thank you for listening to Renewables, a podcast by Biostar, which aims to explore the current and future energy landscape in America. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to Renewables. I'm your host, David Smart, the Senior Vice President of Sales at Biostar Renewables, coming at you with a new episode uh, this week that ties into a topic that we touch on a lot and love on the podcast, uh, composting and digesters and food waste. Uh, So really, really excited and honored to have Kristen Chamberlain, the executive director from KC Can Compost uh, on the show. Kristen, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's always fun to have local Kansas City companies. We're uh, headquartered here in Kansas City, and I joke all the time. We, you know, it's kind of one of the sometimes the worst place to do our job because we just don't do a lot of projects around here. Um, we're always traveling to the coast, but it's so, uh, when I learned about your company, I was just so impressed and excited, uh, to learn more. So really appreciate you coming on. And if you don't mind, let's, we typically kind of throw it back and start at the beginning. Um, tell our listeners and viewers about your background and how you ended up becoming the executive director of KC Can Compost. Yeah, Absolutely. So the the idea for this venture began actually back in 2016. Uh, at the time, I was a consultant and had just set up uh, kind of a social venture for another organization in, in Kansas City. And at the time, met Joe Calazzi, who was then the executive director of Shelter KC, uh, which was then Kansas City Rescue Mission. So... Um, his interest was developing an enterprise that would um, both generate revenue uh, for the rescue mission, but also create sustainable jobs for people coming out of um, homelessness, um, other difficult you know, circumstances. And so I did not want to recreate exactly um, the, the enterprise that I just uh, completed, but uh, he enabled me to spend um, really almost two years researching a concept that would uh, benefit the community, give back to the community, was a real need in the community, and also um, provide living wage employment for people um, transitioning. So that was that was kind of the beginning of of our venture. Um, yeah, that's so, awesome. And um, your your vision is to empower people and preserve the planet. So two topics that we like to talk a lot about on the show. And you already touched on the homelessness piece, which I I really want to get into later because um, that really caught me as I I learned about your company. I kind of thought I knew what you did. And then there was a little bit of a twist to uh, the way you approach people in your organization, which is is really amazing. Um, but, and if you don't mind, uh, sorry if I, hopefully I didn't stop you short there, but talk up a little bit about just like high level, set the stage. What what do you do at KC Can Compost? Talk about why composting, you know, is important and a big part of your mission. 
Sure, sure. So really it did begin with that that research. Um, we could see the trajectory um, from a climate standpoint and a need in the community for um, a, a systematic method, an infrastructure for making organic waste diversion possible for big businesses and um, all the way down to, to residents. Uh, so from a high level, that was our aim, um, was to create an infrastructure that worked for everyone, that had, uh, you know, similar messaging, it looked the same, and, and a, basically enabled us as a culture, as a city, greater Kansas City region, um, to, to tackle this, this issue together. Um, so we began there with, um, with looking at what the barriers um, are and were, because we've tackled so many of them, uh, to, to making something that's so natural to our, our human nature as composting uh, to, to make it accessible and easy again. So, um, so we began by tackling the barriers uh, for people one by one. Um, a big part of that was a lack of a system, lack of infrastructure, um, a lack of education. People don't know how to do this. Um, it's a little daunting for a, you know, a corporate headquarters here with, you know, hundreds of employees to tackle this uh, at an organizational level. So, um, so we've addressed education. We've addressed the system. It, it's been known as dirty and difficult and bugs and pests. And so we've created a system that, that manages the, um, manages the mess ultimately we made it clean we've actually had people tell us that their dumpsters are cleaner now than they've ever been because they're diverting their waste so um so that's another issue we we require people to use liners and that helps us um, keep things manageable uh, especially at places like on the plaza or in a shopping center um you know we're we're keeping things clean and then we provide ongoing education. Uh, so, so that's another, um, was another, you know, big thing that companies struggled to do. How do we educate all of our employees on, on how to do this properly? Um, so that's kind of high level what we've tried to create. Um, did that answer your question? Definitely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and just talk a little bit, go a little bit deeper into um, kind of how does it work? Like if someone has an organization who wants to start a composting initiative, um, how does it work individuals versus businesses? Um, some of the pros and cons there. And then I want to kind of get into after that, the impact, cause you guys are, are doing some amazing numbers and volume. So, um, but yeah, just talk a little more about how your services work, um, and if you're an individual or a business, you know, how do you start composting? Sure, sure. So maybe let's start with commercial commercial businesses. Um, commercial business would go to the website and there's a form online that's very simple. It says my business is interested, name, address, phone number. 
Um, and then what our team does is, is we reach out and we schedule what's called a waste um, assessment. And what that involves is our team going out and looking at that particular organization, whether it's a restaurant, food truck, or you know, a large scale engineering firm, um, whatever the case may be, we assess their waste stream, what they're producing. Um, we look at their space. So, you know, space is a huge barrier for people and we've got lots of different types of sizes and systems that we can implement based on spatial constraints. So we, we look at that. Uh, we look at workflow in a kitchen. Uh, so if you're working at a hospital and you've got lots of people coming and going with large trays, we're taking all those types of things into consideration. From that assessment, we provide a full proposal which um, outlines all the recommendations. So the company's not trying to figure this out themselves. Uh, we've done so many, we've got over 200 customers locally at this point. Um, we've got the system down and um, they can obviously make tweaks along the way, but for the most part, we can get them started with a system that's that's functional for their their workflow and and the type of waste they're producing. Um, after that, after you know we've walked through the proposal, then we do community-wide education. And this has been a huge, uh, we, we think a huge component and reason for the success of our low contamination rates of our compost. We have very, very low contamination rates and Part of that is we go in and we try and meet with as many members of that particular organization as we can in a Zoom or in person. It's changed back and forth over the last year. Um, but, but we'll go in, we'll do lunch and learn or, or whatever. And at that point we explain to people why we're doing it. And so many people still are not familiar with the reasons for why composting is so important um, to, to the environment and the impact of greenhouse gas emissions and, and all of that. So uh, we talk about the why, and then we walk everyone through the how. So an entire community is understanding why we're doing it, how we're doing it, and um, it really creates a, we found a real excitement in a business. Uh, you know, they get very excited to to work with us. And then a lot of our businesses are now utilizing what we call the waste to work program. So once they get going within their, say their cafeterias and, and you know, kitchens or whatever it is, um, we, we open it up to the employees of that organization. So we have what's like a food waste Friday, people can bring their, um, their waste, organic waste from home. And it helps those employers support, you know, a larger, uh, ecosystem, so to speak of, of composters out there. And it reduces the amount of transportation we're, we're traveling to, uh, to manage the waste. So, um, and then we follow up every, every commercial customer has a portal. They track as a community, we track all of their waste. So they know exactly how much waste they're diverting, how many cars they're taking off the road. Uh, it, you know, it gives them equivalence. So 
That's Uh awesome. So I would just want to pause there before you go to more of the individual side and the residential side. Um, I'm interested if you'll just dig in a little deeper, you mentioned the contamination and that's something that we're familiar with and it's a real process to manage um, that, you know, ultimately if this food waste is diverted to some sort of digester facility um, you have to go and, and, and manage for us, we make organic fertilizer. So we have to take that a step further to make sure we have all organic inputs. Um, But talk just a little bit about what is compostable um, what is considered contamination and dig, dig into that a little bit. Sure. So yeah, that that's changed a lot over time. So we do work with a commercial composter uh, right now, uh, Missouri Organic, which enables us to take um, all types of food products. You know, it used to be that a restaurant had to separate out dairy and meat and shells and all of that. Basically, we can take all food products, meat, dairy, bones, you know, cheese, um, in one bin, in one, yep. in one bin. Exactly. It makes it easy for people to implement in a, especially in a large scale kitchen. Um, we have also been diverting a tremendous amount of paper waste. So, uh, at city hall in Kansas city, just recently, you know, they've, they've got compost in each one of their bathrooms now, because most of the paper towel you know, dispensers, you're literally just drying your hands off and putting it right in the uh, the trash can right below it. So it's a huge source of waste that can be diverted from the landfill uh, for composting instead. So that's another source of, um, yeah. And then, and then com- compostable products are really becoming more and more popular. We do a lot of weddings and events and people are are utilizing the compostable products for their events to make it a green a green wedding or a green bar mitzvah or whatever um you, you know so uh we're taking all of that that's awesome and i have to uh, plug the podcast here we just had an episode with it hasn't uh, aired yet as we're recording this but I believe it'll be the episode before this one. So we had uh, Saloni Dashi from Eco Enclose, and they make a lot of different uh, compostable and recyclable mailers and different types of custom packaging for um, for mostly e-commerce businesses. So check out the episode if you haven't heard it already. I have to shamelessly uh, plug the podcast there. So. Um, Fantastic. Well, we'd, we'd love to collect it. So, <laughs> yeah, awesome. So, uh, do you, moving back to kind of where we were, do you all provide services also, residential services um, and, and sort of individual services, if you will? We do. We do. And, and the way we're approaching that um, is, is similar. So, uh, again, branding is the same. So, everything's orange equals organics. So, whether you are in an elementary school, uh, or you're at Blue Cross Blue Shield, um, you know, the, the, the containers look the same for the most part. The way the process works for individuals is um, they go online and they go to the individual sign up. And what we're developing for, for residential customers is, is what we call the, uh, their, their drop-off stations throughout the city. 
And the reason we're doing this and focusing this way is we're really trying to reduce the amount of transportation. You know, most residences, four, four people in a family are going to fill up a five-gallon bucket for the most part a week. So instead of us driving our truck around to pick those up, we are setting up locations, you know, um, across the region uh, where people can pay a, um, you know, $12 subscription fee. I think it's $12.99 um, subscription fee, and they can tip their organic waste in any of our drop-off cans um, as much as they need to. Um, and what we're moving to, which we're really excited about, is they just arrived. Uh, we're moving to automated kiosk systems. So we're gonna, as, as we grow the program, we're increasing these automated, their solar paneled kiosk systems that will allow residents with a little QR code to open the, the kiosk, dump their waste in. Um, again, it allows us to track who's who's using the system, um, where our contamination might be coming from, if we have any. Uh, it, it allows us to be much more efficient with collection because we're reducing our transportation. We're only, you know, picking those those uh, cans up as needed as opposed sure. to kind of driving out on a regular basis. So really smart and do they also use liners in the households you have them use liners and they do you just drop the liner straight in or do you have to dump it and then pitch the liner we we encourage people to dump because these yeah. are compostable liners so they're they're yeah. not the sturdiest things in in the world um so it's always just a little safer to to tip it directly in but if you have lightweight corn husks whatever you know paper towels then then you can sure pick it up and drop it in. And at those kiosks, that's super interesting um, using the kind of automated kiosk. My first question is they don't have to be upgraded to kiosks yet, but how many locations do you have now? And how many, you know, is that growing? Do you, where do you think we need to be as a city? How many drop-off locations could we sustain, I guess? Yeah. Well, our idea there is to ideally be located where largest groups of people are going. So grocery stores, so similar to Ripple Glass, right? You've got, uh, we're already uh, servicing Prairie Village shopping centers, the Corinth Shopping Center. So that would be an ideal location for Prairie Village, um, you know, uh, residents to access our, our kiosks there. Uh, so that's the idea. Um, so we would just develop them according to really the demographics and users. And I believe we're up to six. I know we're adding one tomorrow at, at uh, in Columbus Park. And um, we're, I just met with Overland Park two, two or three weeks ago. And we're looking at several locations in Overland Park. Excellent. So, yeah. So I want to talk about volume because I was really impressed. Um, and I think, and I want to get into sort of what drives that volume. I think this topic, like anything else, you know, you can't as an individual think, oh, well, I'm, I don't really matter. Like, I think it really is an all the above approach, but obviously there are places uh, that are producing more organic waste than others. So how much volume are you doing each month or year um, and talk about sort of the growth of that and, and how you see that going in the future as well. 
Sure, sure. So majority of our waste right now um, in terms of volume is coming from our commercial customers. Mm -hmm. So we have some large customers like a a John Knox village, for instance, Mm -hmm. and um, other big producers, uh, St. Luke's Bishop Spencer Place um, recently came on. And then you've got the shopping centers. So majority is coming from commercial customers right now. Um, we're, we're anticipating um, to probably, you know, come close to or exceed 1 million pounds um, this year. Uh, in total, we're, I, we're almost close to a 2 million pound mark uh, at this point right now, if, if not, wow. should have found that out for you before this, but, um, but I think we may have, have exceeded that or, or pretty close. So, um, for just this year alone, we'll, we'll do at least a million pounds of that. And as we develop the kiosk systems and make it more accessible for people and, and really we've had a tremendous response from the, the business community. We've got customers everywhere from the Nelson Atkins Museum, the Kemper Museum, to food trucks, to engineering firms, architectural firms, you know, the hospitals, um, just a wide range of of people in our community and businesses that are taking this really, really seriously. That's fantastic. Well, I really appreciate you mentioning some of those key organizations and and partners who have helped you grow. And if anyone is listening to this and interested in starting a composting program, um, you know, obviously give Kristen a call and we will, uh, we'll make sure your information is, is readily available. Okay. So the part that I'm most interested in, um, talking about empowering people, I kind of want to shift there. I think this really sets your organization apart. Um, I've kind of looked at and I've actually thought about this concept before, particularly around kind of enabling the homeless and helping people get on their feet. I think it's such an important thing that we need to be doing and that a lot of organizations need to be doing. Um, But we need, you know, folks like you to frankly kind of pave the way and continue paving the way. So talk about... Um, you talk about environmental justice. Um, you talk about prioritizing vulnerable populations. Um, talk about how and why that's important in your business model. Sure, sure. So, so we began with people. Uh, you know, even our work in the environment ultimately, um, you know, it's going to impact all of us uh, as climate changes. Uh, as we're seeing across the the world right now, uh, but vulnerable um, populations such as the homeless um, are are disproportionately uh, impacted um, by some of these events. So we we began with um, a very intentional business model to combine um, to combine these ideas and. Um, our, our vision for the Green Corps training program uh, really developed out of um, the idea that, that composting and the work of composting is, is really therapeutic uh, for people who've experienced trauma or who are transitioning out of difficult circumstances. Um, green jobs in general are, 
are really dignified, um, important and valuable jobs and they pay living wages and they, they are not, you know, stressful, uh, like working in a, in a commercial kitchen where there's lots of, of um, banging of pots and pans and, and high pressure in, in a situation like that. So our vision really was to create a work environment where people can continue to heal. And um, so we work with community partners to ensure that the folks coming through the training program have everything they need, um, kind of wraparound services to help them be successful. And at the same time, we're trying to give them education and um, job training support that will you know, help them transition into a living wage, kind of long-term um, solution uh, for employment uh, with mobility. You know, there's there's mobility in the green industry right now, so um, they're not they're not stuck. Uh, um, there's room for growth there for people. That's so fantastic. I think it's so important to you know to get that big first step. Um, have a good paying wage, have a good job and have job security. And that then really starts to set the way, as you said, to continue uh, healing and, and developing uh, further as an individual. So I love that. Um, just, I guess a couple more questions. When did you, you call that your green core training program? Um, when did you start that? How many folks have you worked with in that? I'm just interested to learn more. Sure, sure. So that was part of the original plan. Yep. <clears throat> it was we wanted to make sure that we were equipping people. We ideally we want to hire Casey Can would like to hire as many people as we possibly can um, to, to support. But we realized that a there needed to be some education um, there to support that process and that hiring process. Um, be that we weren't going to be able to hire all the people uh, that, that needed these positions. So we wanted to be training them for multiple types of uh, industry jobs. So, um, so we did begin from the get-go. Uh, the Green Corps training program was part of it. It is, uh, we utilize a program called Roots of Success, um, which is a nationally renowned curricula it's the first environmental um, literacy program endorsed by the U.S. Department of Labor. So the people that graduate with all the modules um, from our program receive a certificate as environmental specialists from, from the Department of Labor. And, um, and then we've actually coupled that Roots of Success curriculum with something called Conover, uh, which is a kind of more of a soft skills uh, type of, of program to help bolster um, confidence and things like that in going out into the, the job market. So that was the, the idea there. We, we launched the program right alongside, maybe a little after um, when we launched Casey Cam, which was in, in May of 2019, then got hit with the pandemic. So it's, it's been, um, you know, a challenge there uh, in terms of how that started. We, we had to stop working because the homeless um, population uh, is transient or was living in kind of group 
shelter environments. Um, with COVID, we, we couldn't continue the program, so we paused it. And now we are running the program in partnership with a number of different community uh, partners like uh, Donnelly College. We just finished a class up at Donnelly College. We are working right now with Drum Farm and Synergy Services uh, to work with uh, the houseless uh, youth population um, there. We've worked with, or we're working with the new Transition Center of Kansas City, which is, um, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's a, a new facility down in West Bottoms uh, that's helping, um, you know, people transition out of incarceration. Uh, and so we're going to be running the program in conjunction with them quarterly um, is, is how it works now. So fantastic. Well, yes, it sounds really. like <laughs> you have a lot of different ways that you're impacting the community. And I just am so impressed uh, and excited about the work you're doing. And um, I've said it already, but thank you so much for for coming on the show. Keep it up. And I hope you'll be a regular guest and come back and and keep us updated on how things are going. Um, last, before we close out, how can our listeners find you, follow you online? Uh, if we have anybody interested in, set up in a, setting up a composting program, call Kristen or um, whatever info she's about to give you uh, to find online and, and stay tuned. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And, and we'd love to connect with your, your listeners. Um, the easiest way is probably the website, uh, which is kccancompost.com. And uh, you just fill out one of those little forms and someone on our team will get right back to you. And uh, you could also follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Um, I don't think we do Twitter. But uh, but the other two were there, so um, we'd love to connect with with the listeners. Awesome. Well, this has been another episode of Renewables with Executive Director of KC Can Compost, Kristen Chamberlain. Kristen, thanks again. We'll stay in touch, and to all of our listeners and viewers, as always, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Thank you for following along and staying uh, in touch with new episodes as they're released. We have a lot of awesome episodes planned and coming out here in the coming months. So stay tuned. And I'm your host, David Smart. Thanks. Thanks. Hello, and thank you for listening to Renewables, a podcast by Biostar, which aims to explore the current and future energy landscape in America.